Individual therapy can be such a rewarding process. Unfortunately, a lot of people reject it because they're afraid of the unknown. I am Naya B, therapist, author, speaker, educator, and influencer, and I welcome you to do individual therapy with me. Take this journey and listen as unfiltered and unscripted brave souls heal and share their stuck points. My hope is that someone listening can relate to their stories and get a perspective on how real therapy takes place. Who knows? Maybe one day decide to get some therapy of their own. But when you do, though, just come do it with me, Naya B. Hey everybody, welcome back for another session of Doing It With Naya B. This series that we've been doing has been um, a series of just heartbreak, but heartbreak is not limited to um, relationships. You know, sometimes we have losses, sometimes things happen in life that unexpectedly occur, and we feel some kind of way about it. So today I have with me Miss Lisa. Miss Lisa decided to come do it with Naya B so she can process um, a recent disappointment. So Lisa, tell me a little bit about what brought you here. Um, so, um, um, probably I'll say about three weeks ago, I was let go of a job that I've been working for almost 10 years, 10 years, um, training people to be my boss, 10 years of ripping and running, running stores when, um, other people couldn't, um, taking calls, doing district manager work, doing regional work, doing um, area manager work, 10 years. And um, had been passed over for promotions over the years. I was told um, my first 90 days of working at this job that um, I have a problem with my face, that when my um, uppers would come to my job, the upper management would come, they would say, you know, we're very uncomfortable at your store because you have this face. And I told them, I said, I don't dance for anyone. I don't dance for you. I don't dance for them. I said, when you, who I am, when you're not here, it's who I am when you are here. This is just who I am. And I think that's what got me over and being able to be there for 10 years because they learned very early that Lisa don't play that. So, but after being there for 10 years, um, the pandemic started, they laid off my entire staff. I was the only one there working every day, six days a week um, since April of 2020. And then now they passed a law um, to where the loans that we were doing are no longer legal. So they had to close some locations and, you know, downsize. Found out um, probably about three weeks before it happened. And side note, my job never said anything to any of the employees. There was not a warning. There was not an email. There was not a conference call. There was not um, one-on-ones from upper management, nothing. The only reason I knew this is because I've been in this particular industry for over 20 years. So I know a lot of people who work in this industry who were calling and asking me, did you hear anything? Did you hear about this? So I started preparing myself then. Okay, it's a possibility that I could be one to be laid off. Um, the particular law change went into effect, um, that day, um, this particular Monday, I go to work, my direct supervisor, who was a district manager had not been anywhere near my store in two and a half years. This particular day, she's at my store. So go in, phone rings. Um, well, first they, they calling around different stores didn't have, um, certain things that they needed to open. She was asking me, did I have these things? I'm like, yes. So finally the phone rings um, and it's my uh, regional manager and human resources on the line. 
and they laid me off after 10 years. Um, I left, got home, found out from some other people that I knew that still worked um, for my company that they laid me off and my particular location wasn't even closing. That hurt the worst. The being laid off part, I was kind of prepared for that. Like I had a applied for unemployment a week before, like I was getting my ducks in a row, mm -hmm. but to find out that you laid me off after 10 years, everything that I've done and my location is still open and didn't say anything to me, didn't offer, you know, like, well, these of these stores are closing or this is what's going on. Like we're going to move you to another, like none of that mm -hmm. just completely laid off and was like, um, thanks for your years of service. Have a great day. Like that's literally how they ended the call. Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't know if it was Denzel Washington who said it, um, but there was a quote where he said, you know, like your job will fire you or you'll die and then they'll have your job posted the next day. Like you were never there. And that's how I felt. Like I was more upset about the fact that they laid me off without needing to because my particular location was not closing. The being laid off part, I was like, it's a part of life. Like I'm yeah. almost 44 years old. Things happen. Been married a couple of times. So I've been laid off before. It's not the first. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> I've been laid off before. Yeah. But it just really hurt my feelings. I was really, like, and I, I always say, I don't really have feelings. Or I say, like, if I had some feelings, they might be hurt. But that actually hurt my feelings. Like, yeah. how dare you? Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, you give time. You train, you put in all this work, you show that you appreciate the company, right? And then the company shows you that they don't appreciate you. And then that's kind of like a slap in the face. And it's not so mm -hmm. much as like what they did, but how they did it. And in addition to, um, in addition to that, it was like on some level, you felt a little, a little judged in the beginning in which you kind of had to, you know, say, hey, look, what my face is my face. I don't know what you want me to do. But what does that even yes. have to do with the fact that I can do this job and I'm going to do it effectively and I'm going to do your job and do it effectively and make exactly. sure that this this store is ran securely. And not only do you show me that you don't appreciate me, but you don't even value my quality of life enough to offer me other alternatives. Yeah. Give me a warning. Like, yeah, I feel sorry for the other people who work there who did not have a warning who didn't know anything. Like I wasn't the type to um, talk to other people that worked unless it was job related. Like mm -hmm. my personal life is my personal life. And if I value enough to invite you into my personal space, that's something in itself. But I didn't have conversations or hang out and do that type of stuff with uh, the coworkers. So there wasn't a lot of people that I could have warned. There was one particular, um, woman who worked at another location and her and I became cordial talked on the phone outside of work but we were cordial at work and I kind of filled her in so she had a little um insight on what was going on and she was asking me you know how did I feel and what did I think and the funny thing is they ended up letting me go and offering her my location which she did not take yeah, she they offered her. And that's how I found out that my location was still going to be open is because they offered it to her. And she called me and she was upset, you know, yeah. was like, you know, that's not right. You've been here for 10 years. And she was like, I told them, like, if she's been here for 10 years and you would do that to her, like, what would you do to me? And I've only been here three. 
you know, and that's what really hurt too. Like you said, it was just so the way they did it. And I've never in 10 years of working for the company I work for, I've never called off sick. My grandmother died on me on a Saturday morning. I went and spent time and visited my grandmother's body before they took her body out. And I went to work, to work. Mm -hmm. My son had pneumonia one year and he was three. I went to the hospital with my son. I went to work. Mm -hmm. I never called off in 10 years. I've never been late in 10 years. There was never an issue at my store with anything in 10 years. That's why people didn't come to my store. Like I would get my reviews and they would do it over the phone. Like Lisa, or I'm like, you know, you haven't been here in like two years. They're like, there's no need for me to come over there. Like, we know you fine. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was not a stored location that they had to worry about. But for you to not worry about a location for 10 years, and then to do that, like that really, really burnt my biscuits. Of course, of course. I would have, it would have burned my biscuits too. So I totally understand <laughs> where you're coming from. I really, I really do because, you know, it seems like you, I, I meet people a, a lot who, who work for these companies and they give their all. And at some point it becomes personal for you because your character is important. You want to show that you're a hard worker and dedicated and all those things matter to you. And then when the company turns around and show you that we really don't care about all of that for real, you know, like you were like, wait Mm -hmm. a minute, what? So I have sacrificed time with my family. I've sacrificed moments where I could be really grieving because I'm putting your company ahead of myself. And now you tell me, that my, my time is useless or my efforts are useless. So, I mean, I, I would have my biscuits burned too. Like I I would definitely be concerned about all of that. And that's why I said it comes with a level of disappointment and it's not just, you know, it's, it's, it's not just relationships that play us. It's whatever we invest in, you know, that doesn't see us as an asset, what mm-hmm. have you done since being off to just kind of get your mental together and get to a place where you start to restore all those things that you lost in this process? Um, I'm actually still working through that. Like I would, <laughs> I've always been the type and I've always said this, anyone that knows me knows that I've always said um, that I was not, I'm not a worker bee. Like my great aunt, my grandmother, I would tell them all the time, like, mama, auntie, I'm not a worker bee. Like, I'm not that woman. That I'm not the one, whoever the, burnt the first bra, I just wanted to get in heaven for five minutes so I could slap her. Because she didn't ask me. She didn't ask me if I wanted to be independent. She didn't ask me if I wanted to go to work every day. She didn't ask me. And I'm mad. Yeah, I'm not a worker bee. I am. I feel like I was meant to mother, nurture, wife support like that's what I was put here for I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to be in front of my stove with my heels and pearls and my apron on at six o'clock when my husband gets home with the meatloaf Mm -hmm. that's what I'm supposed to do so then me being young as I was like you know having to work since I was young and then having to um go to school while I was raising a daughter and and being married so it's just like over the years I've had to work so much that now that I don't have to I'm lost. Mm -hmm. Like, what do I do? But then I have so many things that are in the works. Like I'm in the process of writing two books. So I've been doing that and trying to get that done. And it's so hard because now I'm so fogged with not working and 
it was so easy for me to write at work because I was in a controlled environment. When I'm at home, it's my husband asking me for something, my son asking me for chips, my mother asking me for this, you know, it's just always something needs to be done. So I haven't been able to write in a while, but I'm actually in right where you're asking me where I am in that. I'm in the middle of right now trying to figure out what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. What do I want to do? And then it's hard too because like my husband's home and I'd always say like I want to be home, but not being home with him these two weeks, child. Ooh. <laughs> it's a whole different perspective, huh? <laughs> child, let me say <laughs> it's not what I thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. It generally never is. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that. yeah. Hmm. So what's your outlet? Because I think as you begin to find out, you know, who you are with without the job and um, in addition to the roles that you play, you are a woman. You're a woman first. So what's your what's your outlet? Because I think that's important. You know what? Lately, well, I do this anyway. I read a lot. When I say I read a lot, like every year I set my goal up 25 books um, in my Kindle app. This year I've already have read, I think about, I think I'm at 275 nice. books this year. And okay. it's what, April? So I read a lot. I immerse myself in books. Um, I've been trying to write a little bit more um, um, music, you know, or I'll just get in my car and leave. <laughs> like I'll get in my car and I'll drive to the lake near my house and I'll just sit and listen to music and read or write a book or grab me a can of Smirnoff ice from the 7-Eleven across from the <laughs> lake and just sit there and just chill. But like, I'm just really, now I'm just really trying to figure out what I want to do. I'm trying not to whine as much. And I don't mean like cry and gripe. I mean, actual wine, like the 750 milliliter bottle. I'm trying no, not to do that mean. as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I figured it out. Because I, I have more time now. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, like, I really don't know. And like, I've been asked that question before. Like my husband has asked me that before over the years, 12 years of us being together, 11 married, 20 knowing each other. Mm-hmm. And he asked me one day, like, what is your passion? I really don't know. And I'm 44 years old and I have no idea. And it's never no too idea. late to learn it either. I mean, so I hear you say you're not a worker bee, but at some point you let the job define you though. You know what I'm saying? So now and that's it. You have to redefine who you are without this job. And honestly, do we want to be in any relationship where we're not appreciated? True. Because let's say you invested 10 more years, then what? And they let you go. Then what? That would that would be more disappointment. So sometimes the the things that we see as a loss are actually wins, you know, because you, while you're not a worker bee, quote unquote, you're still dedicated to hard work. You're still dedicated, whether it's being a good mom, yes. a good wife, a good, you know, whatever yes. it is, you're still dedicated to making sure that when you mm-hmm. do it, it's going to be done right and great. Right. So that's it. That's that really part true. they can't take away from you. That part belongs to you. True. That part is a part of your identity. You just gave that to the wrong entity. And it just took you 10 years to figure it out. And it sounds like that's where the disappointment comes. Yeah, like I absolutely like, I don't know, like, like I said, trying to figure out 
who I am without work, like you said, who I am without work, who I am without school, like it's hard. And I actually told my sister this the other day, we went to lunch and I said, I think I need to go back to work. And she was like, what you? She was like, who am I talking to? Where's my sister? Like you said your whole life, you never wanted to work. I say, yeah, but now I feel like, okay, now what? Like I get up every day and my house is spotless. So I don't have nothing to clean up. And my son's on remote learning and um, Mr's going to work and you know, like, it's hard, like, okay, now what? I just literally find myself these last couple of days just walking back and forth through my house from the front to the back. Like, literally, it's like track marks because <laughs> I just walk to the front. I look at the window. I walk to the back. I stand on the deck. I open the door and I walk back to the front. And I sit down and I read a little bit. But I'm like, I feel restless now because I don't know what to do, like, I don't know what to do with my hands now, mm-hmm. you know, now that I have all this time in the world to do whatever I thought I wanted to do, now that I have the time, I'm actually getting restless. And it's only been about two, three weeks. Right. But I'm already on like Indeed. And my husband's like, what are you doing? He's like, why are you on Indeed? I'm like, well, I'm just looking to see what's out there. <laughs> like, so do you, do you feel like, purposeful? Do you feel purposeful without work? Yeah, because like I feel purposeful because every day when my son gets up and he comes out of his room, he's like, Mom, like, I'm so glad that he was like, I'm not, this is his exact words. He's like, I'm not happy that you got laid off, but I'm happy that you're home every day with me. Like, you know, for him to say that, and I got to stay home with him for two years before I went back to work. So for him to be, you know, 10, finna be about to be 11, and he's like, Mom, like, I'm happy that you're home. Or he'll come and open the door. It's like, I'm just checking. See if you're still here. Mm-hmm. Like, where am I going? I got laid off. So I'm not going anywhere. He's like, I'm just checking. Well, if you leave, let me know. Okay. All right. You know, like, he makes me feel purposeful. And then my daughters, now they stop by. They're both grown, 24 and 21. They stop by in the middle of the day. They stop by to steal food and toilet paper. <laughs> you know, they don't really come back to see me or spend time with me. They think this is like... It's not, I talk, I tell the moms, I said, this is not mommy Mart, okay? Not Walmart, this is not mommy Mart. You don't come over here and go shopping at my house or they'll come and ask me to cook them something. But the fact that, you know, they know that I'm accessible now yeah. and they just come over and my son is here. Like, I feel purposeful in, in that aspect because that was not something that they were able to do. My oldest daughter, I went to college and took her with me. Mm-hmm. So... I've always worked and went to school with my youngest daughter the same thing. I was in college and working at the same time. So they've never actually been able to just come and be like, mom, I need you. Or mom, I want to talk whenever they need, because it was always something that I had to do. I got class. I got to study. I got to go to work. I got to do this. So now that is giving me purpose. But I'm trying to suck on them because I told you they both grown and I probably only got about four more years with my son before he'd be like, Mom, like, get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. So I'm just going to hold on to it right now real tight. I mean, you know, one of the things I heard you say was that when you were giving yourself to your job, you were missing out on memories, moments, things that you, you can't get back. Right. So as you sit here and, 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 and think about 
the loss of the job, you've actually gained an opportunity to recreate memories, to cherish more moments and to regain the things that you missed out on when you were putting this job first, because your your kids coming over and, and using your house for a grocery mm-hmm. store and all that stuff. Those are those are memories. Those are moments. Those are things y'all can sit back and laugh about your son getting up. Those are memories. These are things mm-hmm. that they can carry with their kids and you can't get back. But if you're working, their memories are going to be mama was always working and mama was busy and you know but they care about Mm -hmm. you and they value you and they appreciate you and that's really where the value comes in because like I said before like you said shoot you could put all your time into this job but something happened to you they're gonna replace you the next day you are a number to them and you are a number who brings them more numbers When they decide to evaluate you and look at your worthiness, they're not looking at your name and your smile and your face. They don't even like your face. They're looking at the numbers. No. Right. (laughs) They let me know that on day 90. They ain't like my face. (laughs) They like, what's up with your face? Nah, we looking at the numbers, you know, or whatever. What's wrong with it? Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, 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 the stuff about just corporate world or being out here in, in business is so, it's so political, you know, there's so many things that go Absolutely. on behind the scenes that you don't really see or don't really know about that. It's like, if you're not fitting the status quo, or if you're not fitting the image that they think, you know, should be going on, you're disposable anyway, you know? So then you have to look up mm-hmm. and ask yourself, you know, how much am I really like, about to give myself to an entity that doesn't even know what I bring to the table or doesn't even see the value in what I can bring to this table. You mentioned mm-hmm. all the accomplishments and accolades and things that you've provided for that company to the point where it makes you feel used. You're like, wait a minute, did y'all just use me for 10 years? Is that what y'all did? Oh, psh. For 10 years. Say, I could have stayed in one of my marriages yeah. for this. <laughs> I said, I said, I only gave him a 365 and I had to pute on him. I had to go. But I gave y'all 10, 365. That's a lie. It is. Like that being that the job that I just left, I've not been in relationships that long. Like marriages that long. Like, like I literally gave a lot, a lot. Like my numbers were always where they were supposed to be. It was never an issue with me. It was never like it was my store stayed where it was supposed to be for the 10 years that I was there, even though they hired two managers on top of me mm. that I trained, I trained two people to tell me what to do, mm. you know, and that was a thing like I knew I, they knew I was not a pushover. And that was one of the things that um, I heard after I left was like, yeah, like Lisa, she, um, somebody had tried to actually use the word like confrontational. To where someone else had to say, like, no, Lisa's not confrontational. Lisa just don't take no mess mm-hmm. from nobody. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not picking with anyone. But if you rub her wrong or you disrespect her, she's going to point it out to you in that moment and let you know she feels disrespected and don't do it again. And that's the issue because you have people who just work and don't say anything. They just come to work and do the job and let people talk to them anyway. No, sir, ma'am, you can't talk to Lisa any kind of way. Yeah. Because if you ask for it, she's going to give it to you in the most professional way possible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you know I don't have to raise my voice at you. I don't have to curse at you. I'm going to let you have it the way that you need to have it so you can understand that we're not going to do this no more. 
And that was one thing they would say, like, yeah, Lisa, she, you would know. Like, if Lisa likes you or she doesn't or she feels a certain type of way, you don't have to guess what she's going to tell you. And that's how I've always been. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was probably, too, some of the issue because now you have all these younger girls that were coming in who didn't know any better and would just let them run all over them and run them here and there and run them back and forth. No, ma'am, you're not running me anywhere. Mm-hmm. You hired me to work and stay in this location and run this location. This is where I'm going to stay. Yeah. Now, if you need someone to go to wherever else, Rockford or wherever, you need to find somebody else to do it because she's not doing it. That's not her job. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that when you work places and you've been there for a while, they start to notice that it's certain people that we can't do certain things to. So the best thing we can do is get rid of them. And have somebody that's going to do what we need them to do. Because clearly she's not going to do it. I mean, and it goes back to the politics of it all. You know, mm-hmm. it's easier to go and get someone who you can groom. And you can, Absolutely. and you can, and you can mold and you can make into what you want them to be than it is to get someone who's actually been here invested and they're not going to move as fast. And they're like, look, especially if what I've been doing is working, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot, it's mm-hmm. a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And what we do know just about any type of relationship in general, whether it's an employee and, or business relationship, or whether it's a, you know, family relationship or romantic relationship, what we do know is that there's always going to be pushback when you choose you. That absolutely. There's always going to be pushback. Absolutely. And people aren't going to adjust as as easily. Some more will to others if they love you, right? But what happens in absolutely. business, which is what makes it business, is that emotions are not involved at all, except on the part of the person who's been investing and giving and, you know. So with that being said, what type of compensation could they have given you to show you that they appreciated you? Honestly, the first thing they could have done was, like I said, if they could have gave us, give give me a warning. Send me down and say, look, Lisa, we have you and seven other, it's not even seven, I think it was like three of us who've been there longer than 10 years. Could have set us down like, there's some things changing. We don't know what's going on, on, but we just want to give you a heads up. You know, in case something does happen, we would just want you to be aware so you can get your affairs in order and your household or whatever you need to do. Like they weren't concerned about if my family was using that health insurance. You know, they weren't concerned about if this was the only income in my house. You know what I'm saying? Like if they would have given me a heads up, it probably wouldn't have hurt, hurt as bad. If they would have given me some type of comparable severance. I probably could have lived with that. Could have got through a couple of months. If they would have, um, mm, let me know. Like, um, if they would have, I think, I think I wouldn't have been as hurt if they'd have been like, you know, at least we're letting you go. We're laying off people, blah, blah, blah. But your story isn't closing. Now, did they want to do that to me? Just you guys hearing my... <laughs> My personality, I don't know if they would have really told me like, yeah, we're going to let you go and we're going to leave your location open and then bring somebody else in to run your location. I'm pretty sure they thought I was going to lose my my mind and then turn into Jerry Maguire at work. So they didn't tell me. (laughs) But I just feel like if they would have given me some type of heads up or like, you know, this is a possibility, then yeah, because I think if I didn't have the the 
um, I don't know what the words to use. If I didn't have the other people that I knew that worked in this industry, if I didn't have industry connections, then I would not have known this. And like at 22 years old, I was a district manager for a company like the one that I work for. So mm-hmm. I know how it works. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that was um, intimidating to them as well. I know how this cookie crumbles. Yeah. I've crumbled a few of these cookies myself, you know? So I think that's, it. it's intimidating when you have someone working under you that possibly knows more than you. And that was the thing, my regional manager at the time when I first started working there, she was the district manager. And she asked me in my interview, where do you see yourself in five years? Black woman. And I told her, I said, um, in five years, I said, having your job. When I say, when I look back at it now, over the last 10 years, she has done everything in her power for me not to have my five-year question in that interview that I did 10 years ago happen. Like, she was to say, if I got a promotion, she was the one that said, never. So I think about it like, maybe was I too arrogant? Uh, um, did I come in knowing too much? Should I just play dumb from the beginning? Like, it makes you think about all this stuff. And these are things that I've been looking back on these last couple of weeks. Like, maybe I could have just kept quiet. Maybe I should have danced. <laughs> like, if I have just shoved a little bit, you know. No, I but think I am who I am. Take it and leave it. I was getting ready to say that you are who you are. And when you start to shift and change who you are for the sake of other people, you've already lost. You've already betrayed yourself. Right. So and, you know, you mentioned before, you know, the compensations and things they could have done to make this, you know, pill a little easier to swallow. But let me ask you this. If they hired two people that you had to train over you. What makes you think they were going to give you those type of compensations or even that type of consideration to begin with? They disrespected you a long time ago. Long time. Absolutely. That is correct. And I stayed. It's like literally being in a bad and a bad relationship. relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. When people when people in places and things show you who they are, you gotta believe them. Mm-hmm. They showed you early on. But sometimes we stay because we're hoping, wishing, praying, looking for, you know, these different opportunities. Or we think that if we just give it a little bit more time, work a little harder, they'll see. No, not at all. Not at all. It's the same in the workforce as it is in a relationship. It's not going to work that way. So now here you are and you're like, I need to redefine who I am and I need to figure out who I am without this bad relationship because we're going to call it a bad relationship because that's what it was. It was a bad relationship. Absolutely. And it was look, and it's so comfortable. It was a very comfortable, bad relationship. How many people you know are in comfortable, bad relationships? A lot. I've been in about two or seven, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been in comfortable, bad relationships. This one was just with your employer, but we've all been in comfortable because, you know, we get, we get used to what's familiar. We get used to the routine of things and we think we're being fed, but we're not. We're being breadcrumbed. You know what I'm saying? And then we look up and we're like, I got, you mean to tell me that I'm really not full? I'm just satisfied with these crumbs yep. yeah so yep. here you are you're at a point in your life where you get to be full completely you get to redo this it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter what you are used to or what you thought this is the joy of life the joy of life is that you get a do-over and you get to redefine that no matter yeah. what stage of life you're in and these things are going to help create 
more room for happiness, not just satisfaction. And that is where your focus is going to really, really prevail because you get to choose at this point what's next. Nobody has to design it for you. You get to choose that. And I'm sure that when it comes to fruition, you'll be like, yes, this is what's up. Now, if I would, if I was working that job, I wouldn't be able to do Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, that time hasn't, it hasn't come, but it's manifesting itself and it's, it's going to get there. Mm -hmm. So I'm rooting for you. Totally rooting for you. I'm rooting for me too, child. This is that time for you to finish them books. This is the time for you to finish those books, get them out. Yes, the first book I wrote at work. Well, now you can try to write at home. There's libraries, that peaceful lake that you go to. You can write there, you know, you can have those moments where you can just, like I said, reinvent and recreate. Yeah, that's what I just, I'm I'm trying to figure that. I'm trying to really figure out what I want to do. What do I really want to do? What makes me happy? You know, I'm here if you want to brainstorm and, you know, you got some more sessions after this, if you want to just say, hey, vent, so we can do that. We can Ooh, do I got that. Three. Yes, you do. I got, a, I got a whole list of stuff. <laughs> Good. Cause I can't wait to hear about them, but um, I'm looking forward to you reinventing yourself and choosing you and allowing yourself to move slow. Sometimes when we start to work and we forget that, you know, life is not just about the hustle. You know, it's about moving slow, mm-hmm. walking through, smelling the flowers, enjoying your kids, creating memories. Life is not all about chasing a dollar. And and it, but we're conditioned to think that in the US of A, right? So sometimes Absolutely. you can you can hustle smarter. And that's what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you on that. I appreciate oh, you for yay. doing this. Thank you for asking me. No problem. It's been it's been good. I've been I've been watching you and I'm like <gasps> I think that this would be a, a good time for me to talk to Miss Lisa. So I'm I'm grateful. I appreciate you. All right, you guys, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do that at author underscore Naya underscore B. Otherwise, I will catch you on the flip side. And thank you, Miss Lisa, for doing it with Naya B. You're welcome. Doing it. Doing it, doing it, now you be nice.